I have something to, to tell you all. Um, uh, I know this is going to make me sound really shallow, okay? And you're going to think, wow, Josh really has no depth at all, right? But if there's one thing that I think is like really cool, it's magic tricks. Now, I don't have a magic trick with me here today. That would be cool if I did. I'd be like, wow, look, and there's a card in your living room right now. But no, I can't do that. But I just think magic tricks are so cool. And so, you know, people that do magic tricks as well, they are, in my view, like the coolest people. The, the, the only thing that I think is kind of cooler than doing magic tricks is if you can do a backflip. For me, that's always just been something that I watch people do. And I'm like, wow, you are now the coolest person that I know. And so if you are at this church and you can do a backflip, please make yourself known because we need to utilize that skill massively but but magic tricks are also I just think they're so cool right and I've always been amazed by them you know seeing people do just nuts things uh, I, I've, I've you know it just fills me with so much wonder and there's always that moment right when you're there and you're stood and you're watching someone do a magic trick maybe you're with people and you're watching and you're like how have they just done that like that, this is impossible. What they are doing is impossible. That doesn't make sense. It, my, my science logical brain can't understand how they've just done this. And you're just filled with like wonder and amazement. It's like, how did they just do that? And it's so funny, it could be anything. It could be from like pulling a, a, you know, a rabbit out of a hat or making a coin appear in your you know, Sunday lunch or, or whatever it is, right? It, it's, it could be anything. But it's amazing when you see it. And it's so funny because obviously that's, from our point of view, it kind of like feels like that. And that's how the experience goes. We can't understand how it's happened. But as soon as you put yourself in the mind of the magician, it's, it kind of takes on a bit of a different kind of view. Because the magician stood there and, and in his mind, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. In his mind, there's no doubt that he's going to be able to do what he's about to do and what he's planning to do. Um, but for us, looking on, there's that sense of wonder and amazement. Like, how has that happened? It seems impossible. And yet, that thing that he did is possible. Now, obviously, magic tricks are just that. They're just tricks. And, you know, I'm not going to try and claim that they're anything more than that because they are tricks. But I do think that there's, there is some kind of similarity in, um, in you know, the life of, of a Christian, in the life of a follower of Jesus. When we see God do incredible things, we see God do miracles and make things happen. And we look and we don't understand. It's like, how does God do that? That's impossible. That is impossible. That, that defies everything I know about how the world works, about science. It defies all logic, all sense. And yet, God makes it happen. It's mind-blowing. You see, God sees something that obviously we don't when these things happen. Uh, in the book of Isaiah, God even says, he says, you know, that as high as the heavens are above, so my ways are higher than your ways. Not only that, but my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And this tells us so many things. I mean, first of all, it tells me that actually we are always going to be limited in, in our understanding of, of how we can understand how God does things. We're never going to be able to fully understand exactly how God does what he does because he is God and we are not and we understand that but because God is God it means that although we're limited in our understanding of how he does things God is limitless in his power and his ability to make things happen and so that's why today we're going to talk about limitless hope limitless hope because even when there is no hope in sight, even when everything around us says this is not possible, 
There's no way this could happen. With God, all things are possible. And that's an incredible truth that that we just want to speak about for a few minutes this morning. Now, um, we want to look at a man that, that in the Bible put his faith in this God of limitless hope. Now, obviously, lots of men and women in the Bible put their faith in God like this. But one man in particular I'd like us to take a look at. And, you know, we know him as um, as Abraham. Now, you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but his name wasn't actually always Abraham. In fact, most of his life, he went by a different name. His name was Abram. Now, Abram simply means exalted father. That's what Abram, Abram means. Um, and Abram was a man that, you know, when he was 75 years old, he was just an ordinary man, just like you, just like I. And yet at the age of 75, God came to him and called him and spoke to him so, so clearly. In fact, God gave him a promise that would become a foundation for, for Abraham's, you know, faith in God and, and, and really set the tone for the rest of the rest of his life. See, God came and told Abraham, Abraham that he was blessed by God, that actually a whole nation would come through Abraham, uh, through Abraham, sorry. And not only that, but he went further still and said, not only would a nation come from you, but actually people from across the world, all people all over the earth would be blessed through you, Abraham. Now, this is an incredible promise. And to be honest, this is one of my favorite parts of the Bible because it's right at the start when, again, we get this this picture of what Jesus was going to do. This is thousands of years before Jesus was, was, you know, born. Um, But again, we get this promise of Jesus who would come and would be that, you know, that blessing that that everyone across the earth would would be able to, to receive. And so Abraham had heard from God and then from there, he just simply walked, just trusting God, just loving God and walking in relationship with God. And, and I'd encourage you to go back and read those chapters in Genesis where you can read everything about how God worked for Abraham. It's, it's incredible. Um, but then later on in Abraham's life, we read that God comes to him again and this time promises him something more. This time he promised him a son. Now, Again, at this point, we need to understand exactly where Abraham is. Obviously, God had promised him something before when he was 75, but Abraham didn't have any children. He didn't have any children. And so when he hears God promising him a son, you need to remember, have that in in your mind, that Abraham is an old man at this point. He doesn't have any children. Um, In fact, you know, Abraham was saying to God that, God, like, I mean, you've said that this nation is going to come from me, but right now the only heir that I have would be someone that isn't from my own family. And so really, you know, this, this promise to the nations wouldn't really be coming through me, it'd be coming through this other man. And God spoke this to him in in Genesis 15, verse four to five. He said, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky, Abraham, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. You see, it was when Abraham was 99 years old that again, God would come to him one last time and speak to him again, promising him that this time next year he would have a son. And it was in that moment that God gave him that new name that we see this big transition happen in Abraham's life where he goes and God says, no longer are you going to be called Abraham, who was, like I said, it means exalted father. Now you're going to be known as Abraham. 
And what that means is you're going to be known as the father of many. That's what it means. You see, in changing his name, he was declaring again exactly who Abraham was. He was, he was reaffirming that promise. Though all those promises that he'd made to Abraham, he was reaffirming it again and saying, look, this is who you are. Okay, I've promised it before, but I'm promising it again. You are going to be the father of many. And so Abraham took his new name and he went in faith, believing that he was who God said he was. Now, just a little side note for you, um, because I, I can't really pass this without, without kind of thinking about this. And this just you know, reminded me again. Abraham in this moment would have had, you know, all kinds of like different thoughts, all kinds of people around him saying all different things about him um, and about who he was. But he knew and he trusted uh, that what God said about him was true. He knew and trusted and took this name that God gave him and walked through the rest of his life with that new name. And I just will get on to some other things, but I didn't want to leave without saying that you are not who other people say that you are. I know it can be tempting. You're not who your boss says you are. You're not who your your parents say you are. You're not who your children say you are, your friends say you are. You're not who, you know, your your enemies say who you are. You're not who the devil says that you are. You're not even who you say that you are sometimes. I've been there. We've got discouraging thoughts that, that, that come into your mind and try to tell you that you're less than who you are. No, look, you are not any of those things. First and foremost, you are who God says that you are. And in the same way that God told Abraham, this is who you are, Abraham, believe it in faith and walk on from here. God's saying the same thing today. Believe that you are who I say you are and carry on through life with that. Now, we need to obviously put ourselves in Abraham's shoes here, right? We need to put ourselves in Abraham's shoes. Because Abraham in this moment, um, you know, was was told this. And to be honest, you have to you have to just picture, right? Because as far as Abraham can see, there is literally no hope that what God had said was going to happen could happen. As he looks around the world around him, he looks at his own body, he looks at his wife, he looks, you know, around at everything. There would be no hope really that what God had said was going to happen would come to pass. He was too old. We have to remember the man was 99 years old. That's, that's old, 99 years old. His wife was well past the point of having children. It had been years and years and years since that high moment when God had first promised to him that this would happen. Um, and he'd waited and waited and seen nothing come from this. Um, and, and it must have been so tempting to kind of let go. But God said, hold on, Abraham, because the promise is coming. He said, hold on, because the promise is coming, Abraham. Though everything else in life says no, hold on. And so then one year later, we read that Sarah, his wife, had a son. And uh, just as God had promised uh, uh, when he was 99, she had a son and, and his name was Isaac. And Isaac had a son who was called Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons who would become the 12 tribes, the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel, through whom Jesus would come. And Jesus would be the fulfillment of that promise that was made to Abraham right at the beginning. Not only just to Abraham, but actually to people from every country of the world who speak million different languages, maybe not a million, I don't know, lots of different languages, you know, from all kinds of backgrounds with, with, you know, all kinds of different stories. Jesus came so that they could be a part of God's family too. 
the promise we see came to pass. So you see, Abraham believed in God. But like I said, you know, Abraham's body, he's in his mind, he even knew that his body was as good as dead. His wife was physically unable to have children and he knew that. He knew that. But in Abraham's mind, God's promises did not rest on what he could see, but rest on what God could do. That's faith. And so Abraham continued by faith to hope in God's promise because he believed in the God that could make something out of nothing. Because he knew that God could do that, he knew that God was able to do this. He knew that God could bring the dead back to life. And if he could do that, then he could do exactly what he promised him here. It didn't rest on his own ability and perceptions. It didn't rest on what he thought made sense, but solely on the power of God and his word. And in that moment, when you do that, it opens the door to limitless hope to believe that what God promises will come to pass. You see, I think some of us for too long have been putting our faith and our hope only in what we see and what we think and what we decide is possible or is not possible. And, and God in that moment says, no, 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 look, with me, all things are possible. And Abraham is an example of that for us today. Now, in Romans chapter four, I'd love for you to just turn with me there. Um, Paul just takes Abraham's example and just helps us to understand it a bit more to how that relates to us. And so it says in Romans four, I'll read it. It says, in hope, he who is Abraham, in, in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So your offspring shall be or so shall your offspring be. Now, I know that's a pretty confusing sentence right there. In hope, he believed against hope. It seems like a bit of an oxymoron, right? But, but outwardly, Abraham had not a hope in the world. There was no hope outwardly that what God had said would come true. But in God, there was limitless hope. Because like we said, God is able to do anything. And so then it, sa- it goes on. It says he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So he finished that again, fully convinced. Abraham was fully convinced, which is having faith. He was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Now, I just need to share a moment. This this made me think of this um, growing up in this church years ago, right? And I remember that there was one song that, that used to just get the place absolutely jumping, right? I can remember being there, you know, sitting with my mum as, you know, the, the band would start and they'd almost like look at each other and then you'd hear the guitar come and it would be like, da 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 maybe you know the song maybe you don't it was called all things are possible by hillsong worship right now i remember like when we used to sing this song like you know the band would be jumping the church would be jumping andy kiff many of you know andy kiff who's like on the band he's on the governance board he'd be there absolutely like rocking out the guitar and the bass and and it would just be like such such a great moment where we would sing this song the place was filled with faith and the chorus would play and we'd just sing 
all things are possible. Do, do, do. And everyone would just be jumping and it was fantastic. That was massive for me growing up. I loved being in that environment where we were just encouraging one another, building up each other and just singing about this God through whom all things were possible. And we just loved being in that space and being at that time doing that. It was fantastic, fantastic times. I love the rest of the verse that, that goes on in Romans. It goes on and it says this, that it says that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. You see, Abraham's faith in who God said that he was became that foundation of his salvation. See, Jesus himself said that, that Abraham would look forward to Jesus' day and that Abraham saw it and that he was glad. Abraham saw it. You see, he didn't know all of the ins and outs of how God would do it. He didn't understand everything about how God was going to make it happen, but he knew God could do it. And because God had said and promised that he'd do it, he knew that God would do it. And God, even right now in this moment, calls to every single person across the world and he calls to you and he says, look, even when there's no hope, even when you look around you and you've got no reason looking around you to believe that God's promise will come true, he says, hope in me, hope in me. Believe now that my son has died for you died to take away all of your sin, all the sin you've done before, the sin you're living in right now, the sin that you haven't even done yet, and that I will make you clean. Believe that I raised him from dead to life to prove to the world that it's true. Believe it. Believe what God says. He says, have faith and hold on to his promises, even when it feels like it's time to let go. You see, one of the things that I love about all in that it focuses us again it focuses our minds again on what God has promised that he will do you see we're not like stabbing in the dark you know guessing when we commit ourselves and we commit our lives and we put our hope um, to see all these things happen in our church community in the world because that hope isn't founded on what we see and what we think is possible but it's founded in the God that can make anything happen that's why we get excited that's why we hope to see these things happen i'm just going to share one last song with you again i know it's another song to add to your, your spotify playlist this week but it's a song by a band called maverick city that maybe you've heard and um there's a song called promises right and to be honest i could have picked any one of their songs to go with this message but this song in particular i just think fits so well i'd just love to read that first verse to you is this what it says this is what they say they say god of abraham you're the god of covenant and the faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven that you'll do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn that when you speak a word, it will come to pass. You see, we don't believe in God because we have all the answers, because we know exactly how he's gonna do everything that he does. We believe in God because God can do all things. And so even now, you know, I just encourage every single one of us to, again, put our faith 
in God. Believe in God. Hope when there is no hope. Maybe today you've never done that. You've never fully surrendered your life to God. You've never, you've never gone all in and saying, God, I'm going to trust that you are who you say you are. Today is no better day to do it. You should do that. And I'd love to, I'd love to actually pray for you and with you if that is you. Because God, even right now, is calling to you and he is saying, don't go through life just resting your hopes on the things that you can touch, feel, and that you think make sense. He's saying, trust me. God's saying, trust me. If you trust me, I will give you a new life. I'll give you a fresh start. All of your sin, all those wrong things that you've done will be gone. I can deal with that. And I'm going to give you a hope and a future. You just need to trust me. So if that is you, I just encourage you right now where you're watching online, wherever you are, why don't you just take a moment? Just close your eyes. You can bow your heads if it helps. You can you know, even hold your arms out if that helps you to get in that position of saying, God, have everything. I just want to pray for you. God, I just pray for every person right now that is choosing to put their faith in you. God, I ask that even in this moment, Lord, you would open their eyes, Lord, that you would come and fill them with your spirit, God. That they would know and trust and have such a confidence in your promises, God, that they would have faith that you are who you say that you are, God. Give them a boldness to hold to your promises. Give them faith to hold tight in what you say, Lord. God, we thank you that you are right there with them, even now. Even in this moment, they are not alone. And you are with them, God. I thank you that you're giving them a a new heart, a new life. We thank you that this isn't the end, this is the beginning, Lord. Eternal life is in store. They've got a relationship with you. And that is an incredible, incredible thing. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.